You're listening to Magic from Wherever I'm At with your host, the magician, time traveler, and charmer, D'Artagnan. Spectators have it in mind what magic looks like already. You know, a friend of mine who attempted street magic for a while, he would go out and he has his table and he had a bowler hat on and a vest and he had cards in his hand. And the amount of people who walked by would, you know, and it used to frustrate him to no end, would say, uh, three card, oh, it's three card money. Oh, I'm not going to gamble with that guy. Oh, it's, uh, it's gambling. How much can I win? You know, all these type of comments. Not, I mean, not like, you know, every other person, but like every day you'd get a few of those comments and it really frustrated him. But it's like, that's the kind of work you're doing. You are playing into the art, you know, in marketing, they talk about this, where they say you must enter the conversation, which is already occurring in your customer's mind. That's why the easiest business to set up is to find stuff that people already want, get that, and sell it to them. But in this case, my friend there, for instance, to the spectator, to a, you know, to a certain percentage of the spectators, first of all, they didn't know what he was doing. The majority probably didn't have any clue what he was doing at all. But to another percentage of them, he was selling the gambling archetype. I mean, he had a table. He had cards. He looked kind of like a pit boss. He's got a bowler cap on. All those things are pushing you into the gambling and card table archetype. And you wonder why you get those comments. That's why. It's not hard. You just got to sit back and think about it for a moment. So, uh, Mr. Fitzky makes a great point there by saying if you get nothing else from this book and likewise from this podcast talking about this book it's to begin to see what's going on from the minds from the percent uh, perspective of the spectators you know one of the uh, popular pieces of advice when you perform on the street is to have a sign right a sign that says magic show which is a good advice because people look at the sign, they think, oh, magic show. Oh, this guy's doing magic. And clarity, and any kind of message you're trying to convey to somebody, clarity is the paramount principle. But I quickly found out when I switched, because I had a bowler at the very beginning for like maybe uh, two weeks, maybe, let's say. I had a fedora, I think I wore in Ocean City. That was a fedora I already owned. And then I had a, I bought a bowler, which I wore for a couple weeks, and then I bought the top hat that I have now. And I immediately noticed, when I put the top hat on, that people instantly knew, the vast majority of the people, not a small percentage like my friend was getting with the who thought he was a gambler, but the vast majority of the people now knew, boom, magician. I didn't need a sign. The hat was the sign. Because the average person walking around associates top hats with magicians, just like they associate rabbits with magicians, 
tails and a tuxedo with a magician. These are all archetypes that exist in the public's mind now. Now, most of those don't actually occur in real life for most magicians. They don't wear those things anymore. Most magicians attempt to wear uh, contemporary fashion. And I knew as soon as I put that hat on, and kids, kids would know, often long before adults, they would, you know, kids would say, there's a magician. Which is weird because kids are even further removed age-wise from that archetype. But that's how deeply embedded it is, and it still exists when you see, like, print advertisements of of, uh, magic-themed thing. There's always a guy in a top hat with a rabbit, right? So these are things you need to take advantage of. So Fitzky goes on to talk about magic performance and how it appears to the public. And one of the things he he notices is a lot of performers have childish tastes. That's why a lot of people don't like magic, because magicians don't have good taste. And their choice of apparatus and tables and the coloring that they use, right? It's like cartoonish and clownish. Take that ridiculous thing off. And he says, I have a, uh, you know, as to the way a lot of magicians dress, I have in mind at the particular moment a decidedly ludicrous picture. A lot of these people are like children's entertainers because, as that uh, manager for Thurston said earlier, a lot of times these children's entertainers, they got these like bright red, bright blue, bright yellow jackets and hats and all this shit on. And it just makes them look like buffoons. One of the best uh, kids magicians... Now, I, ha- I have to say, I have not seen him in person, but I've heard met from many people. I've heard from people like Gazzo and the friend West and so forth, uh, that Mario, the magician, the maker magician, who uses a bunch of sort of uh, animatronic puppets and stuff in his show, from what I've gathered, you look at the way Mario dresses, he's got the, st- the standard black top hat, usually a vest and something, I think he wears like jeans and stuff. I mean, it's not that cartoonish, like, big bird yellow jacket and uh, a Canadian flag uh, red hat and so forth. It just makes you look like a buffoon. He has sort of a very archetypal look. And given that he's a maker magician. I hope you've enjoyed this teaser of magic from wherever I'm at. To listen to this entire episode and the entire series of more than 150 other episodes, go over to magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. That's magicfromwherever.com forward slash podcast. Tired of being a trickster, are you not?